Hey guys, Luke here, and <clears throat> I want to share a little bit with you today about kind of my story, how it came to be that I was uh, <laughs> so fired up and passionate about the spiritual journey of life, about helping people connect their heads with their hearts and, and really find that way to have a meaningful impact or to leave their own legacy, live their own, le live their own legend and leave their own legacy. I want that for each and every person because I've come to taste the sweetness of, of that alignment in my own life. But it was not always so. As it, as it turns out, you know, in my life I was born into really challenging circumstances. I was raised in poverty by a single mom in a plywood shack in rural Alaska. And we didn't have running water or electricity and I didn't have a dad. We didn't have a toilet. I mean, and all this kind of left me wanting, you might say, hungry for something more. I knew that there was more to life than just what I was getting uh, in my the experience of my youth. And so I, I really wanted to seek out life in its fullest expression. I felt so limited and at times in my childhood helpless uh, to change my circumstance so that by the time I became a young man, I realized, man, I, I've got I've to take life by the reins. I have to take the bull by the horns here. i got to do something to make my life what I want it to be because there was nobody else around me that was going to do it for me. And that was a reality that really, you know, it was, it was a challenge, but it set me up for success in a lot of ways. It was kind of a root of an indomitable spirit of resilience, of a determination, a desire, and a determination to overcome. And so I, I wanted, uh, I wanted to be able to to experience things, obviously that my family hadn't experienced. And on the outside, what I really wanted was, I thought, man, I want to be filthy rich someday, man. I, I want to have all this money or have all these uh, external things that would make me feel like I was a somebody. You know, if I could, if I could have that, you know, a house or a car. <laughs> hey, man, if I could have a light switch and a toilet, I was moving up in the world uh, in my youth. But I, I thought somehow that if I could achieve all of these material things, that that would make me uh, feel better on the inside or that it would actually give me some sort of status or some some level of uh, clout in the community. I remember as a kid feeling judged at times because I was wearing clothes that didn't fit because they were hand-me-downs or from the good from the thrift store from from just generous people in the community and I remember being dirty and well you know for me to take a bath meant sitting in a little round tub about three foot wide, you know, and I could sit Indian style, crisscross applesauce and scoop water up and dump it on my head. And that's how I took a bath. It wasn't real easy. I had to heat the water up on the wood stove. And, you know, that again, just, you know, <laughs> hyper hygiene wasn't a high priority. And so these are things that they caused me to feel judged and like, man, you know, don't judge me, man. You don't know who I am. You can't judge a book by its cover. I'm, I'm something special. I'm somebody, you know, I'm going to do something with my life. I'm going to make a difference in my own life. You, you just watch and see. And I felt like I had to prove myself to the world. I was out there. To, I got to prove my worth. I need to show everybody that I was somebody who was valuable. And on the inside, what I really wanted was to be accepted for who I was, to be appreciated and loved for who I was, to be accepted and appreciated for my contributions 
for what I brought into the world, just the gift of being me. What does it mean to be me? How can I be so many of me, like light in a bottle, trapped but still free? This is a poem I pondered. I started writing poetry at a young age. It helped me process the challenges and the emotions of my early life. And it became the song of my soul. And throughout, uh, throughout my own journey in life, I have time and time again come back to this place of reflection, you know, and realizing that where I'm at or who I am is something that I get to choose. I get to decide. I get to determine. I get to create myself and recreate myself over and over and over again. I'm not who I was yesterday, and I'm not going to be tomorrow who I am today, because that's the nature of life. As, as, as things come and go, as we experience different things, <clears throat> inevitably these things, life changes us. We grow through the seasons of life, and so we change. But my journey, going back, coming out of those uh, struggles, in my need to prove myself, was uh, an unhealthy drive and determination. It was maybe looking for love in all the wrong places. Not having a father figure meant that I, I felt like I had to fight my way to the top no matter what. I was aggressive and angry on the inside and that anger was just a lid on a big jar of ugly emotions, pain, betrayal, shame, things like this that I didn't want anybody to know about. And so I kept a lid on it and I was mean and snarly and ugly and don't mess with me, man. Don't get close to me. You know, I had walls up. I had a thick shell around my heart, a thick callus for many years. And what I realized was that even though I was actually achieving things, I was actually getting things done you know, I was I was commercial fishing and making money uh, as in my teenage years. Wow, you know, you can make pretty good money on a commercial fishing boat. And, you know, I, I went into the military a little bit later and I was accomplished as a soldier. I got my expert infantry badge and I was a hoorah, you know, kind of guy. And I got all the accolades and awards and it was like high fives. Everybody was cheering me on, but somehow on the inside, I was still not satisfied. I just had to go fight one more person or go have one more drink or go do this or go do that, trying to find something that would pierce my numb heart. And it was really a dark moment when I, for just a bit, felt hopeless, like, you know what, I'm never going to, uh, it doesn't matter, I, I can do anything, you know, I can build and I can do anything, right? Anything I set my mind to, I felt like at that point in time, I could, I could do it. There was nothing that's going to stop me, but it didn't seem to matter what I did. It all just felt meaningless. And through this sent me into a tailspin and it left me, led me to a sitting on the beach one night. I was in Hawaii looking out over the ocean and it was beautiful. Palms swaying in the wind a sunset sparkling off the ocean, waves lapping at my feet. The sand was warm from the day, but my heart was cold and I felt empty and I just didn't know why. <laughs> what is the fucking point? <laughs> you know, that's how I felt. I was so frustrated, you know. I wanted to be in control, but I wasn't in control because there was all these other circumstances that I couldn't control. And so somehow I had to figure out, you know, 
what the hell was it all about? And for just a moment, I, I just thought, you know, I could just walk right out into that ocean and I could just keep on walking right down on the bottom of the ocean, right down the Davy Jones locker because I am in control, because I do have some control. I'm not helpless. I'm not a helpless little boy anymore. I'm a man and I'm going to take charge of my life. And fortunately, uh, I would call this divine intervention, <laughs> you know, the grace of life, my good fortune. A very kind soul walked up and interrupted me in that moment of contemplating, you know, the end of it all and led me on into a different path in life, a spiritual path. Hey, come with me and meet God. It was actually, come with me and meet these people. They're kind of cool people. They're kind of nice. We get together sometimes. We, we break bread. We share. We talk. We pray together. And I found fellowship, spiritual fellowship. And my thirsty soul just soaked it up. And I thought, man, this is it. This connection. This connection with a community of people who care about me. They really do care about me. They want to see me grow and thrive and, and learn and, and light up. And boy, I got so excited. I was, I was all about it, man. I would read my Bible and, and study and pray and fast, and I was all in. I got baptized in that ocean on that beach and was lit up like a Christmas tree on fire for Jesus Christ out there sharing the good word. And all of this was uh, new to me. I mean, sure, I'd heard about Jesus and a church and all that, but this was this was different. This was like a, a visceral experience. I could feel it. I could feel the Holy Spirit moving through me. I could feel the grace of God, the appreciation for this grace in my heart. I was overwhelmed with gratitude that I was still alive where I was at in life at that point in time. As it happened, this phase of life led me into leadership, and I eventually became Pastor Luke I'm a pretty passionate guy. I like to study. I like to learn. I like to share. I like to teach. And so with this uh, came, you know, increasing the responsibilities and, and, and impact. But what happened was through a series of circumstances, I was thrust into a crisis of faith, wherein it felt an awful lot like my prayers were not being answered and it didn't matter how much scripture I consumed. I couldn't find that peace of God. I felt somehow disconnected from God again. And there were circumstances, people that I loved suffering terribly. And I felt once again helpless, like there was nothing that I could do. And I could petition the Lord with prayer. As Jim Morris in the door said, Petition the Lord with prayer! You cannot petition the Lord with prayer! I don't know if you guys ever listened to The Doors. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I realized, man, it feels like my prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling here. Does it really matter that I'm praying for somebody who's suffering? Because they may just continue to suffer and die. And that may cause me pain, but that really, I don't think God cares. There's a lot of really good people who suffer and die every day, gruesome, horrible deaths, and I really don't think God cares. I don't think it's that uh, God doesn't love those people because they didn't love him enough. I don't think that it's God doesn't save those people because nobody was praying for them enough. I don't think that it has anything to do with any of our thoughts about how or why God does the things that God does. I think that that ultimately exceeds our cognitive comprehension, 
right? So here I was stuck in this crisis of faith, realizing, wait a minute, everything that I've been teaching, preaching, and feeling for the last, you know, handful of years just doesn't seem to really reconcile with reality right now. And so again, I felt that helplessness and and actually it evoked in me again a very deep anger at God. I was angry at God because God damn it, how the hell could this be going on? You know? Why am I stuck in this circumstance that is out of my control? Like the circumstances of my youth, I felt helpless. And in that helplessness, I rebelled against it. To hell with that, man. I will fight my way out of this. And so I did. I went on again, another binge and a rampage for years in life. But this time it was a little bit shorter lived, a little bit less intense, because I had learned a few things throughout life. This is in my mid-twenties. And I met a wonderful woman who became my grounding rod and a person that just, you know, man, the moment our eyes met, I knew this is the one. This is my soulmate. She's the one. And life circumstances, had they been any less crazy or chaotic, we would have never crossed paths. I knew there was no other way than that it had to be this way that we would meet. This is my lovely wife. And together to this day, best friends, very madly in love. But we had a connection that really helped pull me out of this doldrum or this state of self, uh, the cycle of self-induced suffering, this state of mind where I didn't care. I was living with reckless abandonment. I had no purpose. I had no, no drive. I had no real care or concern for the future. I was just living moment to moment for, you know, hedonistic pleasure and self-indulgence. This wasn't good for my body or for my mind. It was a convenient distraction, but what it did not do was give me any level of heart level or soul level satisfaction. And so here I was, and I found in this woman's eyes and in her arms and in her love connection, and I found acceptance, and I found an acknowledgement of who I was, an appreciation for who I was. And this was the beginning, the salve, if you will, on the wounds of my heart. And it took me years, actually, well over a, you know, a decade or so, to really heal those deep wounds in my heart. And it was, if it were not for the unconditional love and acceptance and appreciation of my wife, I would have never made it to where I'm at today. A lot of the journey of my own spiritual journey from that secondary crisis, that crisis of faith to where I'm at now, was a rebellion against God. And I realized that it was rebelling against my own God concept or my ideas of God more so than a complete, uh, let's say, an atheistic disregard for the divine. I didn't ever feel a complete disregard. I've always found the presence of God, the peace of God that transcends all our understanding. I've always found that for myself in nature. I remember as a kid being, you know, alone in nature and I'd, I'd wander off into the woods and stand somewhere looking at a swamp or a lake or a mountain and I feel like, man, I may be the first human being that's ever stood right here in this place and taken in this view and wow, isn't that cool? I could feel my feet on the ground and the sun on my skin and I was intimately connected with the essence of everything that is. I am a part of nature. There is something about nature that is divine and beautiful and that same divine and beautiful part of nature is inside of me. I am a part of it. It is me. And I long for that connection. And so I seek it and I would go back, 
year after year after year, finding new places to go in the wild where I felt alone with my creator, with the creation, where I felt at one with myself and with God. And as I did this uh, throughout my life, I, I learned I came to say and tell people, where are you going? What are you doing? I'm going to take off for a few days. I'm going to go seek wisdom and solitude. I'm going to go backpack out into the wilderness and just kind of be there for a little bit. Get deeper than the, the head-level chatter. Get deeper than all the social roles. Get deep down into the soul of who I am, my soul identity. Feel my pain and let it out at times. But feel that love, that sustaining grace. And ultimately come out of it with an appreciation, a gratitude for the fact that I'm still alive. Still alive! (laughs) And as long as I'm alive, I have a choice. And the longer I live, the more I learn, I realize there are wise choices and there are less wise choices. I've certainly made many, 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 many foolish choices in my life. But I picked up a little bit of wisdom and I made a few wise choices in my life along the way. And what I began to do was get real binary in my life. And I began to evaluate things like, is this helpful or harmful? You know, are my choices helping me feel better physically, mentally, emotionally? Is it, are, they, are my choices helping me uh, produce satisfaction or produce results that give me that satisfaction like I'm doing something worthwhile with my life? Or is the opposite true? Am I making choices that are harmful to my body, to my mind, to my soul? If I'm eating a bunch of junk and I'm, I'm binging on uh, you know, Netflix and a bottle of wine, I'm probably not going to feel the best the next day. That's a downward spiral. It's, it's, it's more harmful than helpful. Not that there's not a time and a place for that. Everything being in balance. I am a Libra, by the way. I like balance. I love symmetry and balance. But I'm always seeking this balance between the extremes. And for much of my life, I had been very given to the extremes of pleasure and excess. And where I was at... Uh, coming into this later phase of life was this place where I realized I, I can abstain from these things because I've been there, done that. And I want to see what it's like if I fast for 10 days. I want to see what it's like if I eat a strict vegan diet. I want to see what it's like if I do 10 hours of yoga a day. Uh, these different things. There, there's other elements of my healing journey. I dealt with a lot of physical pain and chronic pain. Uh, that ultimately led me to yoga, uh, not having to amputate my foot, you know, all this kind of stuff. I <laughs> running around playing G.I. Joe, I had destroyed my body, uh, being hard on my body, I had destroyed my body, and it was through yoga that I was able to rehabilitate my body, get back on my feet. And it was actually also through yoga that I came back to reconsider my relationship with God. And what I found was in the Yoga Sutras, there's a, there's a passage in the Yoga Sutras, which is kind of like the Yoga Bible, the sutras is just a collection of wisdom, right? This eightfold path of how to unleash your true potential, tap into your inner peace, self-realization, and all of that. It's good stuff. So in there, there is a passage that says, uh, burning zeal, self-discipline, self-study, and surrender to God. This is the heart of a yogi. And I thought, burning zeal, yeah, man, I'm a passionate guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, self-discipline, oh man, I got discipline, I got discipline in spades. Self-study, I am all over the self-study, you know. 
surrender to God. Are you kidding me? What the hell, man? I, I can't get away from this guy. <laughs> surrender to God. What does that even mean? I don't surrender. If I'm not dead, I'm not going to surrender. And I had this big head trip for a long time, really chewing on, hacking on, like, what the hell does that mean? Surrender to God. You know, God this God concept. I knew that the God of the Yoga Sutras and the God of the Bible uh, theoretically were not the same, <laughs> right? We're talking about like uh, different traditions that go back, you know, four or 5,000 years. Each respectively, they have deep, steep tradition and uh, many of the teachings align, but fundamentally they are not the same. And so, however, what if, what if God was just good old divinity. What if God was that presence and connection I felt in nature? What if God was the eternal enigma, the great mystery, the grand sum, the essence of everything that is? What if God was the essence of life itself, always manifesting, always present? And what if God or my connection or disconnection with God, that sense of being close or far away from God, was actually more a head trip than it was a reality. Meaning, what if I had just simply convinced myself uh, that I thought I knew God or I thought I was far away from God? What if I could get out of my head and into my heart and see if in my heart of hearts I could sense that peace, that presence, that joy, that gratitude and tap into that, get grounded in that gratitude for being alive? What if I didn't actually have to understand God? What if I didn't even have to use the label God? What if I could just walk with God? What if I could just walk through my life struck by the profound realization that beauty abounds? We are an unfolding expression of divine intent, a curious exploration of infinite potential. Each and every person on the planet, each and every flower, each and every tree, every bird, every bee, all of this somehow is manifesting divinity. It's infinity. We are a part of it. It is a part of us. And we cannot escape that. Not only can we not escape that, we wouldn't want to escape that, but we are inseparable from it. We are inextricably linked to it, this essence of God. We are always connected to God always. And yet we miss that, I find. At least I know that I had missed that. And I began to look at the spiritual journey and see it as this this kind of uh, <laughs> this distance between the head and the heart, right? This, this sometimes it seems like it's forever, like we can never get there. This journey to the mountaintop to be close and connect with God. But what if it was just as simple as connecting our head with our heart? our conscious intelligence awareness with our subconscious intuitive awareness? What if it wasn't just my, my head-led identity, my ego identity, but it was really about my soul identity? What if there really was a purpose for every person and every plant and every bird and every bee on the planet? What if that purpose was something that we shared to dance together in the divine dance, the cosmic dance? What if I began to look at life like a puzzle and every person and every being, everything has its place in this puzzle. We're intimately connected and the world would be complete without me. The world would be complete without you.
the world would be incomplete without everything being just as it is right now? What if life really is perfect just as it is right now? Could it really be any other way? I think the answer is no. It cannot be any other way. We can't go back from the inception of light and unravel anything, pull a neutron out here, a proton out there. You know, the, the whole damn thing would unravel and fall apart, right? So it is what it is. It cannot be any other way. Life must fundamentally be perfect. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. Interesting. And so I began to look at this a little bit differently. It wasn't all of a sudden, it wasn't this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent being that was somehow separate from creation, but it was just creation. It is what it is. And that was uh, something that meant a lot to me. So surrendering to God then was not, I'm going to lay myself at the throne of a celestial being as much as surrendering to God for me personally means or took the meaning and continues to mean to me, this acceptance that life is good, fundamentally good, right? Life is happening not to me, but life is happening for me. Life is not happening to me, it's happening for me to experience, to grow, to learn, to experience the joys and the pains, and there are no guarantees that we're not going to suffer. In fact, if there's any guarantee, it is that we will suffer. But how we suffer and how we choose to relate to that suffering, whether or not we are pouring fuel on the suffering, accelerating our own suffering, or whether or not we're trying to elevate our awareness so that we can transcend the cycles of self-induced suffering is really a choice that we have, right? We can't escape all of the chaos. Any given moment is a perfect collision of, of personal choice and random chaos. There are things that we can control and things that we can't control. This is the paradox of life. What are we going to do with our time on earth? We don't know how much time we have, so we need to prioritize and all that stuff. And I began to realize life is really all about the spiritual priority. The spiritual journey, that, that trek, that seemingly infinite distance from our head to our heart, yeah, that's a priority. Because if we're not living from our heart, if we're not connected from our heart, if we can't feel in our heart of hearts that this is who I am and this is what I'm born to do, we are missing out. We will never, ever truly be fulfilled. And that is something that is, is really, really important, right? I began to wonder at one point, uh, I had been teaching for a while. I had been teaching yoga. I had been, you know, I had done, I'd done the, the, the workshops back in the church days, you know, teaching scripture and all that. Fast forward a decade plus and I was teaching the yoga workshops and, and helping people heal uh, physically, also helping people with PTSD, healing emotional trauma and these kind of things. Very powerful tools, yoga, breathing, meditation. Uh, ultimately, what I realized, I, I began to examine what, what's the most important thing to teach, you know, and it, it just... It was hard for me to come to the real or, or to the place where I could say it out loud. I guess I'll get to why here in just a second, but it was really hard for me to say or acknowledge that the most important thing to teach is the spiritual priority. I can know that for myself, but because talking about spirituality is is a slippery slope for some people, you know, a lot of people have really strong opinions about God their own definition of God, other people's definitions of God. And that's all part of the human condition. 
I don't judge those who may judge others. I simply think, you know, I think in our heart of hearts, we each need to have that intimate connection with the essence of life itself. We each need to connect with God in our own way. We need to understand that good old divinity, God, exceeds the finite capacity of human cognition. We could study and learn all we want, any given tradition, any given an encyclopedia of knowledge about God, and that's not ever going to help us understand peace in our hearts. It's different. One is trying to understand and relate to the divine through our mind, and the other is trying to understand and connect with the divine in our hearts. This is, again, the spiritual journey, the spiritual priority. What I've realized in helping people over the years is that there are ways in which we can access this inner awareness, ways in which we can elevate our own spiritual awareness, our spiritual strength, our spiritual resilience. And when somebody has spiritual strength and spiritual resilience, they become an unstoppable force. They are, you cannot suppress them, right? This is the indomitable spirit. You know, I will come out and conquer any obstacle to achieve that which I believe I am born to do. I am here for a purpose. I am aligned with that purpose. That purpose sparks a passion in me that's going to burn so brightly, it's going to help me shine light on the path ahead. I'm going to push through the dark times to get there because I know when I do, I've done it. And if I die along the way, this is important. If I don't ever actually get there, if I die along the way, I'm still going to be happy. It's all about the journey, the spiritual journey, right? It's not about the destination. I don't really know what's going to happen. I can tell you what I want to do and where I'm headed. I can tell you exactly why I want to get there and what I think it's going to look like. But what I cannot do is guarantee that I'm going to get there. So as long as I'm living my life aligned with my own spiritual priorities along the journey, I take time each day to tap in and reconnect with the essence of life with God in my life, with the gratitude for life as it is. I accept that. I acknowledge the goodness inherent in my just being alive. And I move forward with that sense of purpose. This is what my cycle of life has become. This is the pattern in my life at this point. I know that this is not the pattern in many people's lives because for the vast majority of my life, all of this was lost on me. (laughs) Not only was I not really uh, into it necessarily, I, I didn't really care. It didn't seem that important to me. And not only did it not seem that important to me, but I didn't understand and it was irritating when somebody wanted to tell me this is, you know, all about God, this God talk stuff. Somebody want to talk about spirituality. It's like, no, dude, get real. Like, (laughs) let's talk about something more practical, like work, like putting food on the table. How about like adventures or having fun? You know, that's what seemed most important to me for a long time in life. And interestingly enough, as I flipped the switch inside the inner switch, that light of inner awareness and begin to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 hold, hold on a second here. It doesn't matter how much or how fit, how strong I am physically, mentally, how healthy I feel, how vibrant my body, my vitality. If I'm not spiritually satisfied, if I don't have soul satisfaction, it doesn't matter. Similarly, it does not matter how focused I am in my mind, how much material wealth I amass, how much achievement I achieve, ultimately 
at the end of the day, if I'm not happy in my heart, if I don't have the soul satisfaction, something's missing. And so because of that, I could waste all of this time and effort developing my physical strength, my body, uh, my mental achievements, all these kind of things. I could, I could pour myself into life and do a million different things that feel good for a moment, but none of it is going to produce that lasting soul satisfaction. And so at the end of life, it's common, right? We see this in, in culture and society. People who have accomplished and achieved everything somehow are still dissatisfied. Something's missing. What's going on? They want more. They want what's next, right? There's something else there. What is it? It's just on the other side of what I think I need. And the, <laughs> I get into the nuts and bolts of this in the, in the workshops and the seminars and stuff, the webinars, but the, the truth of the matter is when we're externally oriented in our focus and our effort, we are not going to notice the resources that are already there on the inside, the peace, the joy, the presence of God that can be felt and known in our hearts is always there, always available, 24-7, 365, rain or shine, in the middle of a storm, on the most beautiful day you can imagine, always, always there. We are always, always connected. And what we're really craving is that connection. Now, my purpose in life to help elevate spiritual awareness to these truths, to these realities, so that more people can connect with that peace, that's a, that's a big part of it. Practically speaking, taking the lessons that I've learned about the spiritual journey or how to connect the head with the heart, how do we use the tool of intelligent inquiry to kind of scrape away the muck and the mud that, that mutters up the mind? Right? How do we peel back the layers of self-identity to get down to that root of who we are, that seed of soul identity? How do we define, discover, and define what we are born to do? There are simple, practical ways to do this. There are lots of simple, practical ways to do this, but I'm all about efficiency. And so I've taken copious notes. Right, I like to write down what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I, I, I've always done this for my lifetime. It's just a habit. It's my personality. I started going back and looking like, okay, I tried this for a while and it worked a little bit. It was all right. I tried this for a little bit. It worked for a little while and it was all right. But when I did this, when I did this one thing, <laughs> this, this little sacred little secret, man, it lit me up. It blew me away. This was a tool worth using and reusing over and over again. And as I've gone through this journey, I've acquired a tool kit that works very well for myself. And I've had the great honor and opportunity to use these tools, uh, to offer these tools, to share these tools with others and see what works for other people as well. Interestingly enough, everybody uses tools a little bit differently. But what I find is that when we come together and, and talk about the tools and share the tools and use the tools and apply the tools in a group setting where we can share the collective wisdom, I find there is so much inspiration and wisdom in the hearts and souls and the beautiful minds of the people I get to connect with. Man, you know, it's not about me. I don't have all the answers. Definitely don't have all the answers. Uh, it's about us. Not just you and me, but us as in all 7 billion of us. It's about the expression of humanity. 
Can I lend my voice to the choir? Can I just open up my toolbox and say, hey, anybody need a tool? Come on, on check it out. Let's, let's, let's try and play. And do you got a tool too? Like, let, let's, let's, let's share our tools. <laughs> so these are the things that I, I'm setting up. So I get so excited about the Knowledge Business Blueprint. The Knowledge Business Blueprint is this toolkit created by Dean Graziosi, Tony Robbins, these, these masters of, of motivation and self-improvement. They've said in, in our combined six years of experience, this is what we've learned. And I listen and I learn these things. And I, wow, that is an awful lot like what I've learned. How cool. But guess what? They've taken it a step further and they've said, hey, we're going to show you how to extract all that wisdom from your heart and from your life experience. We're going to show you how to package it. We're going to show you how to promote it. We're going to show you how to share it in a way that's going to have a positive impact on other people. And it's also going to help you profit in the process. Right? I thought, wow, that's worth investing in. So I invested in this program to accelerate my own learning. Very similarly, similarly, uh, with the One Funnel Away Challenge, Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels. Hey, man, I've tried to learn the hard way how to build websites and all that, HTML and CSS and JavaScript and Ruby on Rails and yada, yada. Oh, my gosh, I spend so much time, wasting so much time trying to learn how to do all these things because I'd start thinking, oh, man, I got, I got this idea. I got this this tool. I want to share it with people, and I want to get it out to more people because, yeah, I can, I can invite people to a workshop, but maybe that's just... 10 people or 20 people. What if I could do 100 people or 200 or 1,000 or 2,000 people? Wouldn't that be amazing? I could have more positive impact. I could help make the world a better place. That's what I was born to do. Ah, okay, that's the primal purpose of life. Everybody's born for the purpose of helping make the world a better place just by figuring out who they were born to be by connecting the head with the heart and the spiritual journey. And I've got all these great ideas about how to help them do that and how do I get it out there? And I've spent years... I say spent years, but truly, I, I, maybe I've wasted years. I would say not wasted. I've learned... Over the last several years, what doesn't work? What doesn't work is trying to do everything myself, trying to learn everything, because things keep changing. They keep changing so damn fast. The only way to keep up with this rapid expansion of change, which is both exciting and scary as hell, the only way to keep up with this rapid expansion of change is to accelerate my own growth, to accelerate my own impact, to scale toward potential. I have to move further faster and in ways that I'd never known I needed to move before. How do I do that? I'm going to do that by changing my question. No longer do I ask myself, how do I do this and how do I do that? I ask myself, who can help me with this? Because if I'm sharing my heart, amazing things happen. When I live from my heart, I speak from my heart, I share from my heart, I connect from my heart with other people, other people get excited too. It lights that fire in their heart. And then all of a sudden, we're working together. We're collaborating. And all of a sudden, one of those things that I needed to know how to do, there's somebody that showed up. And who can do that? It's that person that was meant to be in your life. It's amazing. How does that work? How are we all part of this grand cosmic weave? How do we cross paths with the people we are honored to cross paths with? It's amazing. Is life happening to me? No, it's happening for me. Look at this incredible life. It's incredible potential. So that's uh, kind of in a nutshell where I'm at. I'm launching. I'm starting to share my stories. I'm going through this one funnel away challenge with Russell Brunson. Click funnels. You know, this is the, this is how to get your idea to market in the most efficient way possible. Uh, but ultimately, a lot of people like to think about it and talk about it. But many, 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 many people 
like to just keep thinking and talking about it. Far fewer people like to take the massive action required to move forward. And so what if we built communities around this idea of progress? We built communities around this idea of self-education or self-directed evolution so that we could move forward together. And when we feel low or down and we don't know, we go back to the group. We connect with our tribe and everybody says, man, you got this. Try this. Try that. Hey, rah, rah, rah. Go out there. You are a rock star. That's the power of community and connection. So doing that uh, with the One Funnel Away Challenge, which is why I brought this up because it's prompted me to do this. Is the sharing of the story is part of the One Funnel Away Challenge. What's your origin story? Why are you who you are? <laughs> Interestingly enough, why are you who you are is also the root or the seed or the kernel of what you have to offer the world around you. Who are you? What were you born to do? If you struggle with those questions, I would like to offer to you my map. I would like to help you make your own map by applying the same principles to your own life circumstance, your own experience. I would like to help you get lit up, catch that fire of passion when you know what you were born to do. And in order to do that, I want to make it as simple as possible, right? I'm going to do a weekly webinar, kind of a live feed, live training, sharing some principles. And I'm going to do that inside of a closed Facebook group to build a community around this idea of soul focus, that the soul focus, the soul, the heart and soul focus of life is for you to embody that person you were born to be, to discover, develop, and ultimately, you know, share with the world who you were born to be. Soul focus. What's your mission in life? What makes your life meaningful and feel like it's worth living? These are things that I want to help do. So inside that Soul Focus Facebook group, I just started it yesterday. It's live now. There's nothing in there yet. But if you want to come join me on this journey, please come join me on this journey. Please do. I say the first uh, 40 to 50 people that come in are going to be lifetime saints in this community. These are the people that have come in to support me at a time when I really need it the most. Uh, people who believe that what I am sharing, what I'm sharing from the heart, matters. People who can appreciate my contribution, accept me for who I am. And, okay, so that is that. And then the other element of it is, let's go a little bit deeper, right? I can share this knowledge, but really, those are just the nuts and the bolts. I want to get down into the, the building process of building up the life that you desire, building it up literally from the inside out, building up that treasure chest in the heart so that you can store up some treasure in your heart, and that's going to give you spiritual and emotional resilience. I want to build positive momentum by learning to harness the habits, learning to focus the mind by aiming, asking the right questions, involving the right people, making the right decisions, how to use and apply the tool of intelligent inquiry. These are things that we need to do learning to reflect and project in real time, understanding the power of right here, right now, how to navigate within the six sides of perspective. These are things that are powerful, powerful concepts that we can use. We just need to get them, embed them in our subconscious mind, and really begin using them in the day-to-day -day life, right? Practical application. Understanding the spiritual priority is the most practical thing that we can do. It doesn't take all day, every day to do it. It just takes checking in maybe first thing in the morning, and then checking in throughout the day until ultimately we cultivate this present awareness that is with us all the time. That awareness that permeates every fiber and cell of our being, the same fundamental awareness that 
permeates and animates the entire cosmos, this is always available to us. It's always there. And when we learn to access that or use that or kind of dwell in that space by tethering our mind to reality, we tether our mind to reality by our breath, we reconcile our perspective to reality, we proceed down the natural path where the feet meet the ground, we move forward. These are things that I get really excited about sharing. So here's what's going down, okay? This is my very first origin story podcast. I love to share from the heart. I love to speak. I like to share my voice. I like to sing karaoke. I like to sing and dance. I love to be on stage. I love to connect with people in a crowd. But really, what's my superpower? My superpower is the ability to communicate. I can communicate, I think, best via a podcast. So I was challenged to make a commitment. My commitment is to make a podcast every day for the next 365 days. Some of them are going to be good and some of them are not going to be so good, but they're all going to be from the heart. That much I can tell you. I'm committed to that. This is me sharing my origin story, where I come from, why I'm at, where I'm at right now today. This is just the first. This is getting started. You'll notice on this podcast channel, anything uh, published before October see, October 3rd, uh, 2019, that was all me playing around in the past, only kind of toe in the water, half-ass committed to sharing what I'd like to think about. And I think that in the, you know, in, in the reality of it, you know, I needed this challenge, I needed this little kick in the butt to commit to doing this and to sharing this. And I get excited about it. I'm super excited about it. And then using the, the tools I've acquired from the Knowledge Business Blueprint to host the webinars. I'm going to go live, live webinar inside the Soul Focus Facebook group next Wednesday. That would be Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. That's going to be my first ever live webinar. I've been playing around with doing some live Facebook stuff just because I needed to face my fear in the, you know, face my fear in the mirror. Right? I don't like to see myself in video, but whatever tough shit, get over it. It's not about me. Right? People will feel my heart, pick up on my vibe. If I'm being real, raw, relevant, if I'm being authentic, that's what matters. Right? So I've been doing that to kind of uh, condition myself, work up a little bit like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Okay, so next week I'm going to do it. Right? Next week I'm going to go live in the webinar inside the group, do about an hour, and we'll be talking about some of the advanced strategies for finding focus, uh, the harnessing the habits and all the stuff I was talking about a minute ago, and really go through the aiming process, how to ask the right questions, what those right questions are given uh, different circumstances. It will be an interactive webinar where I'll be working with individuals uh, to, to work as a group context, you know, hey, let's, let's talk about this. Because I think that when we start to share in the group environment, there is uh, like, oh, yeah, you're, I can relate to that. Yeah, I've been there. Maybe that's where I'm at right now. And so maybe that's where somebody was at, you know, two weeks ago. And so they can share their insight on how they got past it, those kind of things uh, there. And then if that's something that you benefit from, you get something out of that, you're like, yes, 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 cool, cool, cool. Then the next step on Saturday, on Saturday, October 19th, 2019, Saturday, October 19th, 2019 is going to be my first Soul Focus seminar. And this is just a one-day workshop. This is a one-day, I mean, crash course. We will come crashing through layer upon layer of misconception, of self-deception. We're going to crush through many of the uh, perceived obstacles, many of the illusions that are they're holding up these invisible barriers. We can't seem to get to where we want to get. Why is that we're going to break through those barriers. We're going to talk about how to do that and really develop a meaningful action plan 
when everybody, those who come to the Soul Focus Seminar, you're going to walk away with a map, a meaningful action plan to get from where you're at right now to where you want to be, and we'll work on that. So that's something I'm really excited to offer. I've been developing this for, I mean, in many ways for years and years. I've been refining this over the last several uh, months, really getting uh, nitty-gritty in the last couple of weeks, and here I am. So launching this podcast Let's Talk Life, I like to call, I think I'm going to call this podcast Let's Talk Life. It's just me sharing from my heart. And as I'm sharing from the heart, Let's Talk Life, bada boom, bada bing, uh, we'll connect. I look forward to connecting with many of you. And for those with whom I resonate, I'm appreciative and grateful for your support. I am honored for your presence. If you like this story, if you like this guy on the other end of the mic, connect with me. Like it, share it. If you know somebody that needs a little bit of love, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of light on the path of life, like this, share it. That's what it's all about. Sharing is caring. Connect with me if you agree. Again, I'm honored that you would be here listening and sharing in this experience and this journey with me. I look forward to connecting with you again soon. I hope that you have an absolutely thrilling, thoughtful, thankful Thursday. Get out there. Make it happen. May peace pervade your day. Take care.